to the Happening Pod. May edition. <laughs> May flowers. <laughs> I need to get some flowers, speaking of which. I got that good mulch out there. You do, man. By the way, your yard looks good. I know. I know. You're going for I'm not even being bashful about it. I know it looks great what, right now. What is this neighbor? You're not in Joiner. Is this Bristow Acre? What is this? Dude, there's so many people that have asked me that. It's either like IKEA Gardens or Wright Estates. I tried to Google. Like I've I've been I've been down to like a two hour one AM Google Google rabbit hole trying to figure out what neighborhood this is. I think it's Wright subdivision. Mm. But like I know like on the south side of Jackson, going that way toward like BNB Concrete, that is right subdivision. So I just assume. What if you're a man without a subdivision? Kind of like Victor Navorsky uh, in the uh, the terminal, Tom Cruise. He had no country to go back to. Krakovia. What if you're? A man I don't know, but that makes me feel important. Yeah, I mean, you could be your own entity. I'm the mayor. The free state of McKinley, dude. Get whoa, the whoa. Cohen brothers over here right now. Mayor to mayor, how's it going for you? <laughs> We could have a unification of of, of town. I'm gonna get a flag. <laughs> McKinleyville and Takapola united from across the across the northeast. Oh, well, man, it's good awesome. to see you. It's been a little bit. How are you doing? Awesome. Well, I want to speak to something real quick, please. Man, you look great. You're so thin. Thank you. Uh, you and I have had opposite pandemic experiences. You well, and we've weight. also had opposite situations too. My life has relaxed a little bit, and yours hasn't. Man, who man, it's it's been life has been good, but it has been busy. I mean, ooh, man, it's it's been a lot of working at the factory. Uh, and I need to speak to something. You guys are, like, they're going to do a last dance in 10 years on Blue Delta's situation in spring of 2020, the way you guys are crushing it right now. We do more pivots than a 1950s basketball player. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I have, everywhere I turn in the media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, I got a LinkedIn message, and I don't even use LinkedIn. It was like Blue Delta named top 20 in a, I was like, Time out. I know these cats. Yeah, I, I know. That's from my hood, man. Exactly. <laughs> uh, man, it's crazy. We're we're now making three products in the same building. Uh, we're making the uh, the medical PPE, you know, ma- mask and face guards that we you've seen us make. Yes. We're back to making blue jeans a little bit. Yes. We've, we've got a little bit of a crew there. Our, some of our old Blue Delta heads, our OGs, going the kind of guard. on the other side of the wall, like a uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a Game of Thrones reference, where they're out of the quarantine area, <laughs> sewing blue jeans, and then uh. We've developed a uh, a reusable mask, which is much more high end. Awesome. And it's logoed and uh, customizable and brandable. And you know, uh, just you know, like for instance, some folks have uh, sent uh, some musicians have sent tour T-shirts, and we've been able to like cut out the logo part on the chest. You know, like you know, just throw one out there. I mean, this is not one of them, but let's just say like Zach Brown Band threw us some tour shirts and like we cut out the Zach brand 2019 tour and we put it on the front of the mask so you know that gives like somebody a you know a brandable thing they could put on their merch tent or a merch website so not only are y'all being cool in the face of need but you're also being cool because you're cool yeah if being if if being cool is cool then consider us billy d williams <laughs> still consider me miles davis <laughs> Who in their right mind was still 30 sack lunches? I'll tell you, it was, Brian. <laughs> damn Sasquatch. Damn Sasquatch. No, but man, I, I, you do look good. And I'm always Thank I'm you. always excited to come back here because you got the pups and they're so welcoming. And McKinley, uh, he, he knows. He, he, <laughs> on cue. Jonesy is on cue. He's key. just on you tonight, he, man. He loves me. He loves me. He, he growled at me a little bit earlier, but he's all right. But McKinley knows the way to my heart is through my, my appetite and my belly. And every time I show up here, he always has a new snack. And it's not necessarily a new snack, but it's always one I haven't had in a while. So, for instance, a few months ago, he had those awesome popsicles that, oh, that everybody... They you know, melted, the, by the way. I, the freezer stayed cracked one night. 
and now my fridge, I have to get a crowbar to open. Man, that's tough. <laughs> but then in the tonight, I show up and he has some uh, cookies and cream pop tarts mm-hmm. that I have not had in a long time, and I, this is the second time in one day that I've had pop tarts, so I consider that a win. Well, and you know you. You tweeted earlier about cherry, but I don't think you knew what you were in for when you got into those cookies and green. They are divine. It's a revelation. Yeah, and the thing about <laughs> Pop-Tarts is when you're a kid, you take them for granted, but when you get older, you're like, damn, this tastes good. Like, well, you, when you're a kid, it's a quick breakfast. It's like, all right, grab some Pop-Tarts, get on the bus. Now it's like, dude, I could use a Pop-Tart right now. So speaking of Pop-Tarts is one of those things. Another thing is just like that. It's Capri Suns. Oh, dude. Man, I will, I'll go into a diabetic coma drinking Capri, Capri Suns. And even now, the, the Capri Sun waters, they're still so good. Dude. All right. We, I don't know that we were – and see, now they've got like – you know, like when we had Capri Sun, you had the orange flavor and you had the red flavor, and I think the purple flavor. Now they've got like kiwi strawberry. <laughs> they've got like blasting so black cherry. Designer fl- <laughs> it's just like Anthony Davis sponsors a lime speaking kiwi. Of, speaking of orange and red, i got a funny story to tell. <laughs> I was I was hanging out with uh with a uh, the, the girl that I've been dating you know yeah. I said I know she had a she has a she had some popsicles in the freezer and I got one and it was the TV was on lights were off and we we're sitting there and we're watching TV and she and she said uh, what flavor is it and you know it's different but like you know you, it's hard to taste the flavor of something when you're blindfolded and you can't see it uh, the lights are off and I couldn't read the label because my eyes suck the white airhead syndrome so I told her I said it tastes the flavor is red. <laughs> The pen is blue. <laughs> I could not figure it out if it was strawberry, cherry, Dude, fruit punch. I just ain't said, that something, man? Red. And she was like, red? I was like, yeah. I was like, take a bite of this and tell me what you think it is. She took a bite. She's like, like, if I handed you a red Starburst <laughs> without the wrapper, you'd say, oh, that's the red one. Yeah, and she said, well, it definitely tastes red. So she agreed. But We need to talk about this briefly. But since we're on the subject of sweets, you know when you eat candy, you know what I think the best flavor of everything always is? Blue. Okay. If blues available, like the like the baby blue gushers, baby blue gushers, uh, the uh, blue Jolly Rancher, yeah, like you know, just like things that are. I like blue, blue airheads. Blue airheads. The blue raspberry airheads. But yeah. that white airhead. If anybody asks you what that white airhead tastes like, and they say something, they're lying. It tastes like a white airhead. It does. It has its own. It's like they were like, we're just not gonna put any color on this one. We're just gonna add a bunch more sugar, so people just kind of try to figure it out. It's like a. It's like clear Sprite or clear Pepsi. Pepsi clear. Yeah, Pepsi clear. You know, we're talking. We're going kind of down this old rabbit hole about uh, snacks and stuff from our youth. So I'll throw I'll throw two out there that I really really love that I miss and that I wish I could enjoy again. One I really love. I love the Dunkaroos, dude. I went and to the Filipino store in Memphis the other day. They have a Filipino version of a Dunkaroo, but because I'm on keto right now, I can't eat it because it's bread. But I watched two of my nurses dunking in the back seat. On the way home, their sauce is creamier than the Dunkaroo sauce. Really? It comes cre- – like, it's not, like, hardened. It's, like, cream. Oh, dude. The other thing I'm thinking about that I would love to have, the old retro Ecto Cooler by High C, the Ghostbusters, in a box. You know what was better than anything of my lifetime, seriously? Like that, that, time, that time in Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> when the Statue of Liberty came walking through and they played Jackie Wilson. Uh, other than that, what was the best thing? <laughs> That's up there. The – Gatorade bottle with a nipple, ice cold citrus cooler, <sighs> dude. If it's like hot and you, dude, I could drink eight of those right now as a challenge. Well, all right. Speaking of Gatorade, you, you, you see, we do this thing. We, I know we, it's, we, it's we, my we, fault. All no, no, it, this, there's nobody at fault here. This is a good thing. This is captivating <laughs> radio. The, I'm telling you, man. There's like 1.7 million people who listen to this podcast by Friday morning. Every I'm gonna week. be having text about citrus cooler. But um, it, it, it kind of ties me into something I was wanting to talk about. 
and I'm going to kind of segue into it. Um, you know, the last dance has been going on, and yeah. I, and I am yeah. I am pr- unproud to say that I've only seen the first two episodes still. I haven't been able to catch up. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I joke. I know how it ends. He's really awesome at basketball. He blah blah blah. But like, there for it, what it's worth, I stood up at the end of seven. There, eight. I've heard there are intricacies of things that I don't remember. Like, I forgot that Jordan had a 13 game hitting streak during his baseball season, and only hit 200 because they started throwing curveballs all the time. Like, he could actually hit. He was not a bad player. Like two hundred at the double A level is stupid as a thirty-four one-year-old with no experience. I didn't hit two hundred and three A high school baseball in a water down league. I'm (laughs) telling you, man, people don't realize he stole he stole like thirty bags, and he could cover all that ground in the outfit. But anyway, that that, you you the the thing I was about to talk about was he's Michael Jordan is probably part of three of the most iconic commercials of all time. You got the uh, Spike Lee Mars Blackman. You know, it's got to be the shoes. That was a huge one. Uh, You got the Larry Bird, uh, Michael Jordan, McDonald's horse Horse games. Off the rafters. So now you're talking about the two biggest brands in their field, McDonald's and Nike shoes. Yes. And then the third one, my favorite commercial of all time is like Mike with the Gatorade. Oh, dude. Sometimes I dream that I could be like Mike. Dude, I love it, man. And like. I, I, a commercial came on the other day. Like it was, it just it was on a show. They were talking about the last dance, and it was like showing something. It was like show that commercial, and man, I was instantly an eleven year old kid with a backwards baseball cap, baggy shorts, out there hooping. Man, it took me back. But I, I missed the glass bottle Gatorade. That's what I was getting at. Oh, glass oh bottle, you, glass bottle Gatorade, lemon lime hit different in the, in the cooler, and you pulled up and it still got ice falling yeah. off of it. Oh my gosh! And also, I'll be real. I mean, I grew up in South Pontotoc. It was it was so awesome to just finish off that ice cold Gatorade and then roll my window down and throw it at whatever metal sign I could find. I'm just being real. That oh, no, that's true. <laughs> that was the best. That's true. I think they probably quit making glass bottle drinks for that reason. Well, man, I, we got so good <laughs> at it. We would get to where we drive and we could throw the the bottle from the driver's side over the. Did y'all top. play point system. We we had a pretty good point system. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and you know, if you got, if you I hit, didn't play this, I was guessing. Yeah, but it, you could hit, you could hit signs, <laughs> and if you hit mailboxes, which is highly illegal, that's federal offense. Yeah, and I feel like the statute of limitations. I got a friend of a friend that knows that that's. A federal yeah, and offense. I'm talking about maybe a friend had had done this, but not necessarily <laughs> myself in the car driving the Cherokee. But yeah, so if you hit a mailbox, it was worth more points because it was harder. Oh yeah, and if you hit an Amish mailbox, game over. Cause oh, it was <laughs> dude, that's that's like that's like pull over like in 2020 if you played and take a picture. Yeah, I, I, I have to incriminate myself here. I do have to do this, and this is the worst because we were all real pieces of junk at times in our life. But <laughs> in the year 2002, I was living in a, uh, a really big house out in the country, and with a bunch of college friends, and we had had way entirely too much to drink, and we were riding down a back road, and we weren't doing anything. We weren't going to do anything malicious. We weren't going to do anything. Just going to ride and drive and have a good time. Um, but I had a Bronco that you could remove the back hatch, the back half of the car. You know what I mean? So it was like exposed and it was so cool. And it was like my second car, you know, my ride around car. It only ran for like two months before it broke down. May or may not have just got chills. But it, it was awesome. It was brown with a tan top. Oh man. You, you, you know this car. It was oh, like yeah. something that Walter Matthau drove in, uh, yes. Grumpy Old Men. But, um, and we were riding and, and all of a sudden I always had stuff in my car for no reason. And I look in my rearview mirror, and a, uh, a friend of mine who is now an educator and assistant baseball coach at a school in this region <laughs> stands up and picks up one of those old gigantic computer monitors and absolutely pulverized an Amish mailbox. Oh, it, man. It made – it was so loud, the Amish people would have cut their lights on if they had them. You know what I mean? Like, it would have woke up everybody. And it was one of those – we looked at each other, and it was one of those Chris Farley moments. Man, 
That was awesome. <laughs> and you look back. You look back and feel bad about it. So bad, but Me man, too. that night it like was stuff like that. Man, I oh, it but was the, the worst. But like at the time, you're like, that's the coolest thing. I've yeah, ever and like now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, man, if somebody ever hit my mailbox and I called them, I'd go drag them out of their car and beat them in the street and make them put my mailbox back up. Or if you like took ten seconds to breathe, you'd be like. Touche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I kind of earned that one. They, they got, they, uh, some friends of mine got got one time. They were doing it over in the north part, part of the county, and they uh, they had a bat, and they had been killing these people's mailboxes and knocking them out and stuff. And anyway, somebody got hip to it, and they welded one of those huge angle iron mailboxes with a pole that you couldn't get out with a, you know, a tractor, and they smacked that thing with a softball bat, and it rattled their bones. You know what I mean? Like, it hurt them. Yeah. And they were like, we're done here. We are done. You know, it was like hitting a tuning fork. It just didn't stop. But, yeah, we were we were done. But, anyway, enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, anyway, back to the Gatorade stuff. You know, Michael Jordan, it, it got me thinking. Um, the debate is going on right now, and it's a lazy Always. debate. And, and we're not going to debate who is the better basketball player. But I want to talk about some things. It is okay to talk about how great Michael Jordan is, and to also talk about how great LeBron is. Very acceptable. Uh, you know, it's just you know, um, I tweeted the other day, Billy Ocean is greater than Billy Eilish, and somebody said, "Why you to compare the two? I was like, "Well, Billy Ocean is better than you know Billy Eilish." I was like, "Well, you didn't have to do that. You know, you didn't have to put two Billys in there. You know, I mean, the comparison. Really? It was a good tweet. It was okay? a good. T- <laughs> it was a good tweet. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> but uh, but the the thing is, I thought it was a pretty good tweet. But uh, Billy Eilish is talented, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, but I love Billy o- Billy Ocean. Get out of my dreams, get into my car. Is, it is. Out of my dream. That and uh, I was like a really cheesy song of his. Uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I didn't hear that one. A, we'll play that one for you. Please. Might play that one as the uh, the outro song for the podcast. I'm here for it. That. But, um, but yeah, it got me thinking, you know, you can talk about two people being That comment made me think that you can't yeah. actually talk about two people being good at once. True. So I'll just start by saying this. They're obviously the two greatest players of all time. What makes them the same? What do they have, in your opinion, that you know that both drive them and make them as a similar human? Well, they're very different. I mean, we know 100% that. But, but, but what do they have in common, in your opinion? Honestly, this is going to blow your mind, I think. Timing. If you look at when Michael Jordan came into the league and you look at LeBron James and when he came into the league, it was so similar as far as, I mean, like when Mike came in the league, you still, you had Larry, you had, you had Showtime Lakers, you had the Celtics, that was the big gun, you had the bad boys, and then when LeBron came in the league, you had the back end of the Spurs, the Pistons, and it was... Jordan just left. Jo- Jordan had just left, and it was, kind, I don't want to say it was boring, but like, Pistons Spurs finals were boring. You know, like in other words, there was no wow in the league when they got in the league. Shaq Everybody and Kobe ex- were breaking up. They were breaking up. They were breaking up. And you know, it was kind of one of those things where people needed something new at both times. And like, I think this is sound crazy, but like, if you look when Mike started becoming Mike, and I think Mike started becoming Mike when they started challenging the Pistons. Like mm-hmm. you know, even when they were losing to him, he said, "I got to get in the weight room." He was like, "I got to get in the weight room." People were like. No, the Pistons are going to win it again, but that Jordan guy, wow. And that's when kind of – and, like, so, like, same with LeBron when – you remember when, like, the Magic were good and he hit the buzzer beater in the quarterfinal, you know. So, 
I think it was the same similar thing. People were like, you know, I'm tired of the bad boys. I'm tired of basketball being played like this. And then I think in 2003, people were like, okay, I'm tired of great defense and watching Ben Wallace block eight shots a game and Duncan post up and shoot fatal. They changed the rule with the hand check. Yes. Kind of opened it up a little bit. And then here comes this guy that soars through the air the same way Mike did and starts throwing down thunderous dunks. And see, here's the difference, though, I think. And I know we're comparing – Mike didn't have the hype because hype wasn't hype back then. Yeah, it was LeBron was the next Mike. Right. I was a senior. Me and him were senior in, in high school, same year. And that's all I remember the whole time. Like it was a big deal to me to talk about Al Jefferson and Monte Ellis and Charles Rhodes and Courtney Fells and those guys. But even after talking about them, it's like, well, they're not LeBron. You know, and that that just that stands out to me the timing because they're both obviously really really good. I don't think that LeBron will ever be the clutch shooter that Jordan will. No. But I don't know that Jordan will ever be the slashing, just the pulverizing finisher that LeBron is. Yeah. Like, it just – LeBron can be like a runaway locomotive, and Jordan can be like a high-powered sports car. Just like a – You can't catch one of them, and the other one is going to bash you to death. Yes. You know what I mean? You know, that's kind of – you know, but jo- you get the Jordan's end results are the same. Jordan's a Ferrari, and, yeah. and LeBron's a, is a Hummer. You know what yes. I mean? Like a real Hummer. <laughs> yeah. Not one of those H3 poser Hummers. Yeah. Like he's a real Hummer. And, Tank. And, and you want them both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, what I think they have <coughs> is an extreme intelligence of the game. And, so. and And now, Le- I'll say this. LeBron is a – I think LeBron is an actual better skilled basketball player. If you put him in a vacuum and said, who makes the best play the most – who knows where his teammates are at? Who has a better understanding of the offense, right. of the flow, the the uh, the up and down? That'll be LeBron because he's more educated. Because there's just more educational opportunities for him as a human. There's he, more. Well, he had the internet. More he had more camps. Game, you know, sure. back in the day, I mean, I grew up in kind of in, in, basketball camps. Back in the day, were very antiquated. You went, you learned, you dribble, pass, and shoot, and they taught you how to make a bounce pass and a chess pass. And you were working on that when you were a nine-year-old basketball yeah. camp or tenth-grade basketball camp. It became much different in about 1999 when the ABCD camp was a big deal, and it became a, a high-end skills camp with the best teachers in the world. Sure, Five Star was the only entity back then. Yeah, I went to Five Star; it was amazing. But if you weren't at Five Star, you weren't really learning. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You were just playing. And ABCD and all those things became Five Star. Sure, you know what I mean? It, made, it opened a little more. So I think they both have an for their generation. They have an extreme intelligence of situational basketball. True that. You know what I mean? Now, LeBron doesn't always shoot the shot, but he always knows the time and the score, and he makes the right pass. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you watch him play, he might need to be a little bit more selfish, but he still makes the right play. He draws two defenders, kicks it to a wide-open guy in the corner for a three. He just can't help that. And to be fair to LeBron, I think LeBron has always wanted to be the same motivator that Jordan was. Because, I mean, if you watch the documentary, I mean, you didn't even have to watch the documentary to know this. Jor- if you played with Jordan, you're, you better you better bring it right. every day. Because if you don't, he may not tell you what to do. Because you see LeBron pointing out on the floor during games, hey, man, you got to go here. You got to set that back pick if he roll, you know. But Jordan, it's all, it's more of just, hey, man, play harder. Yeah. LeBron, Focus LeBron is more magic. Mike's more Larry. Larry, yeah. Larry, you know what I mean? Larry, yeah. Larry wasn't real verbal, you know what I mean? Like, but like, like on the floor, vocal, if that may, like constructing. Yes. He looked, he said, man, get your ass on that block. Let's go. You know what I mean, let's go. It's time to yeah. do this. Give me the ball. And, you know, it, it was a different kind of game back then. Uh, you know, uh, back in the day, basketball was 
a lot more isolation driven. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. it's give me the ball in this spot, clear out a spot, and let me attack the rim. That's what Jordan did. They get him on that block, and they let him go to work. Turn around jumper, get the ball on the right wing, clear it out, let him drive the bucket. You know, whatever. Pull up jumper on the elbow. Now there's more fluidity, read and react. Sure. So you know it's more about an emphasis of let's get a good shot, a quick shot, uh, the most high percentage play with the lineup on the floor plus minus. Back in the day. Bulls went 89 to 80, and Jordan had 35. You yep. know what I mean? Like, now that ain't happening. You know what I mean? If you have 89. And the three-point shot has changed it, everything it, it dramatically. Has. And, and here, that's kind of what I was going to get at. You know, Jordan was coming along at a time in the game when the NBA was start beginning the three-point shot. It was still new. Yes. You know what I mean? And he was a high scorer in a defensive-minded league. Yes. LeBron is a slasher and a tank and a facilitator and a playmaker. In a three-point driven league. So what I'm saying is the game is not necessarily conducive to his strengths. Right. But he's still the best player, as was Jordan. You you know, Jordan scored 35 in a league that bullied people. Where, like, a good year is, if you're a wing, is 18 points and six yeah, assists like, or rebounds. Yeah, I mean, you had guys like, you know, like Dr. J is one of the greatest players of all time. He, there were years he averaged, like, 21 points a game. Yeah. I mean, there were years Bird averaged 22, 23, and he was amazing. Yeah. You know, it's just. You're exactly right. It's just, it's just, you know, that's just my thinking on it. But, you know, that's a couple things they have in common. What are some things you think? What, what is the defining thing you think that separates the two? The, the, the one that makes Mike the goat, and the one that makes LeBron number two. Now, like I said, you're splitting hairs here. But Michael is the greatest winner and greatest competitor, and totality, he's the greatest basketball player of all time. But he's not the best basketball player. Does that make sense? Sure. I think LeBron and Larry Bird were actually more skilled. Sure. Him. You know, um, maybe even Pistol Pete more skilled. Yeah. But Jordan's the best. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you know, there's baseball players. Like, it's like things you can't explain, like yeah. Vlad Guerrero. Yeah. Like, Barry Bonds. Like Barry Bonds probably the greatest hitter of all. Of greatest, you know, modern. Best plate discipline yeah, ever. Be, Him be, and Tony Gwynn. Yeah, for Not sure. Not even close. You know what I mean? But, like, but they're two totally different guys. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I'm getting at. You know, it takes more than one way to skin a cat. But what is the thing, the one characteristic you think that defines the difference in the two? Well, I actually think it has nothing to do with actual basketball. Okay. I think that, like myself, like you, anybody our age, LeBron grew up like we did in an era when – I don't want to say that you don't have to work hard, but it's almost to be like the same thing as comparing – this will sound awful, but guys that fought in World War II and guys that fought in Iraq, there's no difference in them. They're still very, very honorable, but – there's a reason why you call those World War II guys America's greatest generation. Yeah. And I feel that same kind of content with Jordan and LeBron. Jordan, I think he is more intrinsically motivated. I think he literally wakes up every day of his life and says, how do I be great? As far as basketball, you know, what he's good at. And the fact that he was never really polarizing. I mean, you know, people started getting, when media started to get popular, because media is a pop, it's a pop culture thing now. People, you know, used to, 30, 40 years ago, you watch the news, there was one guy on the news. He gave you all the news, Walter Cronkite. Yeah, and that's the news to him. You know? But, like now, media is so different and so critical. And it's so slanted at certain so times. And so slanted. And, you know, people tell you what they want you to hear. Jordan, I think, legitimately woke up every day and said, how can I be the absolute best? I think LeBron wakes up every day and says, "How can I be like Jordan with that and and still be popular?" I I I really think that. And see, so here's the thing: I really think that LeBron did the I Promise School in Ohio just for popularity. I'm not saying it's not a great thing because 
I'm a believer that even, you know, like doing a math problem, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get the right answer. It's the right thing to do. You, know, hope, you don't have to show your work all the time. Right. And uh, But I think over time, you know, he's probably gained appreciation for it. But I think at the time, it was during the middle of another one of those LeBron-Jordan arguments, you know, at the time when he opened up the school and people were bashing Jordan when he had accepted his award, the Hall of Fame. And he says, I'm going to – I think he woke up and says, I'm going to open a school because – it just looks good, but now that he's probably done it, he's probably really happy to see that these these kids are doing well. I, I, it kind of reminds me of one of those things to where, you know, you see somebody on the internet and there'll be a homeless guy, and they film themselves go up to that homeless guy and give, and give, him, give money. him money. Like, well, it's making that person really uncomfortable when you're filming. Hundred percent. Like, how about you just do it? Just give him the money and walk away. Just do it. Don't even tell me about Say it. Say God bless. Yeah. Don't even tell me about it. Like, 100%. You know, like there were, you know, there are things like you know Dennis Rodman used to go to Boston. And he would rent out the Toys R Us and let African American kids in Boston go have their own spree, right? But you know, spending spree, you know, and and LeBron doing opening the school, I think it was a good gesture, like you said, because sure. it, it was awesome. And, it, and no matter no matter the intent, it's still a good thing, absolutely. But I think it was one of those things where it was a look at me. I'm not going to talk about me, but y'all look at what I did, kind of thing, right? You know, you know what I mean, kind of, which is similar to the Last Dance coming out. Yeah, I mean LeBron's getting talked about as the greatest. People sure. are forgetting about Jordan. I mean, you know, I mean the the, yeah. the Warriors were won seventy three games. You know, I mean, like there was a lot of. But I, I really do feel like that if Jordan wanted to put this, I, I think there's hundreds and thousands of people that have known about this footage. Yeah, and they've been begging Mike, Mike, put it, put it out, put well, it out, put the stress, put it out. One thing that I think is genius by him, as he said before this came out. Oh man, people are going to watch this, and they're going to think they're I'm such an AO. I'm such. Hey, they're going to hate me. Oh man, Mike, you 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 knew you, when we watched this, we were going to love you more. It's the truth. Like like he could have come out and done. He could have done really illegal stuff and like been a terrible human being, and we would have still ate it up. Like if they yeah. came out and said, "Man, Mike was gambling, and his dad got killed because of something he did." Yeah, and he had to leave the game because the NBA was about yeah. to have the blackball him. We'd all been like, "Cool." Did you see how he? Kick the hell out of Sean Kemp the other day. I mean, like yeah. we wouldn't care. Like, but it's it's really endearing to watch him talk candidly. You know, yeah. he, he does. He's not pointing any punches. I like, I like his hate for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, you know, I like that. I, I'm, I, I'm with. I mean, I love Isaiah as a player, right. but, but I like that it's still there. Well, and I like the fact that he could have easily for TV said, "Man, I'm not going to bring up Isaiah. I'm not going to bring up the glove. I'm not going to bring up guys that I'm going to talk bad about." But he doesn't care. And that's that's real raw emotion, and that's it's more than it's what we need right now is to show that people out there are still real, and Mike keeps it real. Mike's got whiskey eyes, by the way. Every episode, <laughs> I know whiskey eyes, and Mike has got he's got them. He's got a hundred percent. He's got them. But man, it's it, it is a absolutely fascinating documentary. It's as good as any I think I've ever it's seen. The OJ one. Oh, I loved OJ. Chris Vandiver and I the watched OJ it. One was so good. Chris Vandiver and I watched the OJ one. Did you watch the ESPN one? Yeah, yeah. We watched yeah. it in Fort, Fort Forest City, Arkansas. Yeah, for team camp. He and I, and I think maybe Mike Gregory watched it. Yeah, but it was a good time. I bet Mike Gregory's commentary was amazing. Oh, I, that that if you had Blockbuster open and you told me that OJ uh, versus America was nineteen ninety five. I would buy it, but if you told me that OJ America with Mike Gregory commentary was twenty nine ninety five, I'd pay for the twenty nine ninety five. Well, I got, I got, I got, I got me thinking here. Speaking about OJ and kind of some things you've been doing during the uh, the quarantine and the pandemic. 
I haven't killed anybody or gotten away in a bronco. Well, well I, I, was about to ask, I was about to ask. I was about to ask. <laughs> would you be excited to play a round of golf with OJ? Like not yeah. ex- okay. You, I mean, like what? How how do you think that goes? Like, well, so, well you, you mentioned you, it because I, I've been playing golf like yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, that's what kind of. Mean. But how do you avoid the real questions? Like, because me, I'd be like, "Hey, Juice, good to see you." Like, I wouldn't know what to say because I would want to say, "Man, tell me about that." You know what I mean? Like, it's my experience with people that have a past like that. They're talkers, mm-hmm. and I think that he'd dominate the conversation. I don't think that he'd let me get a word in unless he asked me something. And like pe- people that have like that bad of a past or that bad of an accusation. If I mean, and I just think about people in everyday life that I know of. You run into them, and you're like, "Oh God, that was the guy back in high school that you know got thrown in prison for whatever." You know, yeah, crapped his pants. Yeah, whatever. Those people that are trying to get away from something, they're talkative. And if you look at OJ, he's all over social media yeah. every day. He's doing videos, and you know. So I mean, I think it's I think that's how it would go. All right. <laughs> Another question. Locked. In a cabin in the woods. Adele. No. We're going to get back to that. We're going to get back to that. Locked in a cabin in the woods for 72 hours. Aaron Hernandez or O.J. Simpson, which one do you survive? O.J. You think he's? You think Juice just wanted to kill one person? Like He, he wasn't a killer. He was just I mean, blinded Aaron by Aaron Hernandez was a gang-related An murderer. actual murderer. I mean, like... Yeah. I, I know that... I haven't seen that documentary, by the way. I think he would look at me and be like, hey, man, what are you looking at? Yeah. But if I was staring at Juice, he'd be like, man, can I get you a cocktail? Yeah. You know, like, I think that's the dynamic. Hey, man, you wear my gloves? I mean, like. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not back then. Do you remember where you were when uh, when OJ was acquitted for murder? Where do you remember when he got off? Jared Wesson's house on Bob White Drive. It was during the middle of the day. Like, I remember. Jared Wesson's house. I will never, ever, ever You were in elementary this. school because I was in seventh grade. I was in fourth or fifth. Fifth grade. Remember. I was in fifth. You're two grades behind me, right? Yeah, oh three. I'm a one. So you're yeah. you're a three. Yeah. yeah. So you, you were a fifth grade. grader. Yeah. We were at Jared Wesson's house, middle of summer, and uh, it was like August, right? Yeah. It was like right before school started yeah. or after school. It was, it was it was hot outside. Very beginning. Yeah. And I remember we were outside shooting ball, and we went inside, and Miss Pat was just sitting on the counter, and she was like, "Hey guys, here's your Capri Sun," and we were just like, "What are you watching?" She's like, two times for a Capri Sun this episode. That was intended. I, I'm not gonna lie. I had to make sure it, it got in people's heads. Uh, but she was just locked in. And I remember she just, I mean, it, it was just one of those things. And, like, you know who it, that, that whole deal captivated more than anything? Who's that? Moms that were at home. Because it was, you know, it, like, my mom was a days of our lives person. Because she, at the time, she worked nights. Hold on, hold on. So, like. That's another, continue. But I, rem- I just remember, like, all my buddies' moms that were home during the day, whether they worked or not. Were locked into this trial and like, I mean, because it, it, it's like it, they televised every every second of it. It was crazy, but I, I'll never forget it. And 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 they did it, and we didn't care. We were like, oh okay. And it was at a time when race tension was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So like when he got acquitted, everybody was like, oh okay, cool. We didn't do it. Like you just believed it. You're like, oh okay. I mean, I did at the time. Yeah, I think the thing was, I was around a lot of sportsy folks, coaches and stuff, yeah. and people who liked OJ. I mean, they liked the yeah. Naked Gun movies. They liked him on TV. Like, I think nobody wanted to believe it. But now that we've gotten – so when he, when he got off, yeah. people not in the middle of L.A. Okay, like L.A. was a hotbed at this Oof, time. That was yeah. not far after the Rodney King stuff and the Watts riots were maybe 10, 15 years before. So, yeah. But here, we all were like, oh, man, OJ got off. Like – 
You know, I mean, it's yeah. like, just like you said, like, oh, wow. Okay. But now, excuse me, now we all look at it and go, man, he killed somebody. Yeah. I mean, and we, you know, like, we, at the time, we people. had never seen anything like that. Only in movies. Like, you, yeah. you know, that was a real everyday thing going on, and, like, it was just so happened to be a rock star that, that, that was up on trial, and, like, everybody, I think legitimately, I mean, and this is me personally, from a racial standpoint, I mean, this is, this, I don't want, I don't know if this will come off racist or not racist or whatever, but, like, in the early 90s is when I really started, like, understanding the culture of black people. Right. Understood. So, like, I wanted him to be innocent. You know, yeah. I was like, man, I hope he didn't do it. You know, like. I get that. I was big into hip-hop, basketball, yeah, and the sport. Yeah, and I had just got my first starter jacket. Like, what I was, was your first know, starter jacket? Notre Dame. I had a Michigan one. Fat five? Oh, yeah, Fat five. And I also, I also had another one that was really I cool. I had a pair of uh, Big Hurts, Frank Thomas. Yeah. Like, everything I wore was stuff that was, like, endorsed by black athletes. Yeah. In the 90s. I wore Jordans. Besides Umbros. That was as a soccer. Yeah, you were Alexi Lalas kind of guy there. I'll, and I'll, uh, Kobe Jones. He was your dude, wasn't Kobe Jones. Kobe yeah. Jones was your dude. I knew that. I knew that. But people, I liked Alexi Lalas at the time. I don't know why. Yeah, I always thought he was a big Nirvana Can't stand fan. him now. Yeah. He's terrible on TV. Terrible on TV, and he's a... Is he an anti-American guy? Is he, is he, well, he's, he's like, he's the guy that bashes, like... Team USA, and I get it, you know, like everybody wants them to be good, but he's like, you know, you guys, if this is the best team you've ever had and you can't get out of group play and this is this is all losses embarrassing, and he called out the team on a broadcast, live broadcast one time, and I watched it on the replay on SportsCenter. I'm sitting there thinking, dude, your team sucked. Y'all were terrible. And you're bashing this team? Tony Miola was your goalie. Like, stop. That's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. All right. He also tried to be the trivia time. Jets. Okay, there was my trivia. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trivia the trivia guy. Man, speaking of that, I miss trivia. I do. <laughs> I miss trivia. I think I'm about to do it on Facebook Live. I think I'm going to call. Dude, that'd be awesome. Th- People are going to cheat, though. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not going to keep score. I'm just going to ask questions. I'm going to let people respond the answers. You could do Jeopardy. And I, what I think I might do is pick people at random to win prizes like you got to be on oh, here cool. yeah like like you know it's random people you win I'm, but like if you need some I, yeah i got you some shirts I got that, or I got, yeah shirts i got blue delta stickers yeah i can i can send them some masks do it man <laughs> yeah. i mean that's a hot commodity. people need masks i have an extra roll of toilet paper i went into reed's department store today and i didn't have mine because a lot of places in tupelo aren't requiring it but oxford everywhere requires yeah, I have it one. i made the mistake the other day and so I, i've got mine in my truck but of course i'm in the driver's ed car and i've got the girls with me and uh Francesco, one of my drivers, was like, "Man, I got an extra, and it was a black with like floral print." And here right, I am dude. walking into Reed's Women's Department Store buying senior gifts. She's like, "Oh, I love your mask." I was like, "Yeah, thanks." <laughs> so yes, I am a generic PPE guy until you can come up with a Tupelo Forty Nineers PPE. Well, speaking of that, before we move on and talk about some non-sports things, Tupelo Forty Niners. Yeah, we have an announcement God, you're to the make. King of transitions, dude. I'm a Unbelievable. Segway All Star. What's the? I am over you. I know I will. I pretend my ship's not sink. Yeah. And I tell myself. King of wishful thinking. And Brian is, cause he's the king of these transitions. <laughs> I don't know why it popped in my head when yeah. I thought of that. But uh, that song came on my play. I think in 1988. What? God, what a great song. Yeah. But anyway, what were we talking? Is that oh. boy meets girl? I don't know. You know those kind of stuff. <laughs> Man, that's a good song. Okay, continue. King of Wishful Think. I'm yeah. Googling that, and yeah. I may even add it. That's a good one. I'm Spotifying that later. I heard a, a, another song. I, I, I listened the other day to a 1988 playlist, and uh, that song was it was somewhere on there, and there was another one. Uh, 
I love Wishing Well by Terrence Trent D'Arby. I don't know that. Love me like a wishing well. Oh, dude, I do know that. Yes. yes. Uh, that's th- These are windows down springtime songs right here. Yeah. And if you're not on Ain't Power of Love, Power of Love is the theme song of when you can able when you're able to get in your car and just ride. Power of you talking about? Uh, not uh, Glory uh, of Love. No, uh, no Power of Love. Huey Lewis. Lewis? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was thinking of Luther Vandross. We got love, <laughs> power. <laughs> Rest in peace, King. God, big Luther. <laughs> Man. Anyway, what were we talking about? Um. <laughs> Two below 49ers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the king of transition. You failed a transition. Uh, no, dude, we're – I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you've been killing it at Blue Delta. I've been turning over every leaf I possibly could. To get Regional television season. star, too, by the way. I'm going to tell you. Zoom I, recording the, the, aficionado. The best people, and they don't know it, and they don't get enough credit for this, that, that help us with stuff like this are the Tom Ebels. Dalton Middleton, Brad Locke, John Pitts, Matt St. Jeans of the world. Shout out to them for all being so creative right now. It, it's a tough time this time of year because there's no real like even if even if sports were going America's on, America's best sports paper. Even if sports I'll were argue going it to the day on, I die. even if even if sports were happening right now, this is a tough time of year. You know yeah. what I mean? Because baseball is just kind of in the middle. Yes. of just early. Nobody cares about yeah. early baseball except for baseball fans. Yeah, basketball is in the playoffs. Yeah, and but there's no local high school sports, so they're all covering national stuff. Yeah. These Absolutely. guys right here are grinding out in the middle of a pandemic. They're, I mean, they're the really the horse challenge with the high school basket, the movie, right. greatest sportsman, so good. Here's what I want. I know, I know Dalton listens, and I, and I know Brad probably is too cool to listen. But here's what I want, Dalton. Um, let's make this happen. I want the winner. I, whoever gets voted in, I want them. And we can set up a camera, and we can get in Tupelo's gym. We'll, we'll go to South Pontiac Gymnasium. I know a couple guys get me in there. The Moreland family in New Side, if you're listening. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. you got a date with Destiny, because I think and, Walker Moreland's going to win. I'm going to go ahead and tell Walker Moreland. He's going to have to do something besides tow that three-point line and get shots up. He's going to have to go behind the back between the legs and wrap that thing around and do a 360 spin reverse layup, because I ain't just shooting no jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. And I'm going to hit jumpers. I'm just going to tell you, if Walker misses. Gosh, if, if, I would if, pay. Zach Stacy or Zach Sugars misses, I am doing something off one foot, banking it off a wall. I'm just telling you, it's happening. And you get one tag in partner, and Brian's tag in partner's Bill Russell. <laughs> yes. For one shot. And whoever, I would love for Bill to be my, my guy, and then the other kid have to tag in his coach. <laughs> Bill played Jonathan for a shot. <laughs> Made oh. for TV horse, folks. Oh, that'd be good stuff. But him or, or Ricky Howell. Be great, man. I know Ricky's got some. He got some stuff. He's my dad's age. Yeah, yeah, he does. But anyway, I'm just. Uh, I I really do like what they do. But but those guys have been instrumental in this, and and it's not been anything on my asking. It's been them saying, "Hey, what are y'all doing? We'd love to do a story. We'd love to, you know." And they have covered it tooth and nail. We hadn't even played a game yet, and I'm hopeful that when we start getting to play, uh, they'll be there. And 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 Tom actually called me uh, yesterday and said, "Hey, man, when y'all have your tryout." Let me know. We'll drive up. We'll get. We'll, we'll cover some. You know. We'll just get some quotes from some kids and you. And I was like, dude, that's that's awesome. Yes, absolutely. But no, dude. So American Legion. Everybody knows by now that knows me. Uh, they have they have officially canceled the 2020 season and it's, nationwide. It's nationwide. So at first there was about 25 states, 24 states that had canceled themselves, and they went ahead and just just canceled the rest of us. Which I understand. I, I didn't like the decision, but I understand why they did it. Uh, it's tough times, stuff we've never done before, so people had to make tough decisions right First now. First pandemic since the Spanish flu. 
And I, yeah, here, here that is. Yeah, exactly. But but you know, I I won't. Dalton asked me the other day. He said, you know, how do you you know how do you motivate your kids? You know, what do you know now that there's nothing to play for? And I had to stop him. I said, you know, one thing that I can appreciate about our organization that we've always done is every time we play a game, we're playing for something. We're playing mm -hmm. to win. We're playing to get better. And I know that the kids right now just want to play. I've had Zoom chats with my returning players, and all of them have just said, Coach, we don't care if there's a regional, we don't care if there's a World Series, we don't care if there's a state tournament. We just we want to We don't care if we've got matching uniforms. Yes. We just, just want to play. Just put in a lineup out there. So, and I told them, I made a promise to them. I, I said, guys, I will do everything in my power to get us games. And that's that's what we've done, man. And I've, I've we are playing some teams that we normally don't play. Um, can you play semi-pro teams? We or can. Man, I'm, I'm man. Do me a favor. If you end up We're in on it. if you end up in Springville or Algoma or somewhere like that or Red Hill, man, let me know. I'd love to get a, fr a crappie sandwich on white bread with hot sauce. I'm we, being real. Yeah, same. <laughs> you let you coach third base while I go get a sandwich. Well, <laughs> no, uh, uh, we, we're gonna play. We're planning on playing the team from uh, Golden, yeah. the Fulton area. Uh, former player of ours, Channing Nanny, he's been trying to get us to play him for yeah. a couple of years. So we're going to reach out to those guys. We're, I mean, you know, we're, we're reach, we've reached out to Cotton State, the other organizations that do summer baseball. We, Is Andy Diller still involved in that or no? He's doing Cotton State. He's doing Cotton State. Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm hopeful. I had a text from a guy today asking if we wanted to play an exhibition game. And if I got my team together quick enough, we will. You know, yeah. it's it'll be fun. So, we, uh, But I'm just thrilled to play, man. I'm, I'm excited. Our kids are excited. So, And we've got a tryout. Uh, in about 10 days. I saw that. That's awesome. You, know, you, yeah. can, you, you can utilize four fields. You can accommodate about 75 well, players. Well, you know, the High School Activities Association has shut all facilities down for high school facilities till June 1st. Mm -hmm. Well, like our first weekend to play, plan to play, is June 5th, 6th, you got to get it in. At Nikki's at Pontotoc. And are they going to play? Yes, yes. Good for Me them. And Nikki have talked about it. Awesome. Shout out to Nikki. The Legion teams in the state are, for the most part, still Good. on board. So, we, we've got teams. But uh, – you know, it, and I told Nikki the other night, I said, Nikki, you may not have any seasons left. You better play. Mm -hmm. he, said, he said, I ought to kill you for that. But, and vote for me in the fall. But anyway, <laughs> he uh, they're playing. But, yeah, man, we're, we're you know, it, I needed to have a tryout because I don't want to be rushing, jumping the gun. But I've done everything to be proactive as possible. So right. I'm hopeful that, that everything works out on the state level. So, That's good. So that we're good. Well, I, I the American Legion um, canceled the season. And they're not, you know, I guess so that, like, all it did is kill our affiliation. We right. can't be an American Legion sponsored team this well, you year. You know who we need to holler at? VFW. They're really good about <laughs> stuff like this. If American Legion ain't jumping well, on board, we I can hire the say VFW. this. I'm really appreciative of our personal post, Post 49, because I talked to our post commander, Mike Pettigrew, and our treasurer, Bill Mims, and they said, whatever you do this summer, we're still here to support you. That's so, good, man. So, no matter well, what, they know They know it's bigger than this, the baseball. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? They, they get that. They get yeah. that. They're molding young men that are in our yeah. community, and they have been doing it for decades. You know yes. what I mean? You, from Kirk to you. It's one of my favorite things to do when I talk to my team before the season starts. I get to give this big spiel like Kirk used to do and mm -hmm. the people before him used to do. And it's like, guys, I want you to understand something, that people died so that you can play in this organization. Which, I want you to think about yeah. that. There's not another organization like they're out People didn't this. die for me to play AAU basketball. No. They did not die for, for, for anything like for you to play club soccer. But they literally died for you to play baseball. And it's really special when you get around those guys. And they're just – see, they're just there. I mean, they're old guys. And they're like, oh, man, yeah, we – but, like, it's so cool when we do well. You talk to them, and they, they say, we. They say, we winning? Or, you know, we I saw where we beat so-and-so the other day, and I'm like, we did, man. Yeah. And it's they're, they're teammates. They're our teammates. They're my assistant coaches. They're, they're just as much a part of it as we are. But 
Very, very thankful for that. Super, super excited, man. Well, Got to get you out to a game, for sure. DJ a game or two. Man, DJ Uncle BB on the ones and twos. <laughs> Might not be as good as Summer Jensen, but it'll be all right. Yeah, Summer and Sydney and Sarah do a good job up there. Job. But uh, we can get a cameo one We night. can do that, yeah. We can do a, a special Matter between of fact, we're going to try to really, really soup up our games for attendance this uh, this summer, and we've got some first pitch opportunities. I may get some Blue Delta guys to be throwing out a first pitch this summer. Nick Weaver would. Oh, my God, he's, he can sling it. I don't want him to hurt our catcher. Can we, can we get a radar gun? Nick thinks he can throw over 80 still. We got one built in. Dude, we're down. Nick, you're in. I will put my people in touch with your people. Um, dude, do that. Do that for sure. We can make that happen. <laughs> um, well, you know, we're talking about coaches and things going on in the area and, yeah. and, and local news that Dalton have been reporting. It kind of segues me to another point here. Tupelo football has made a big old hire. Our homie. T-Town in the house. Ty Harden. That's a good hire. Talk, you know, talk I, to I me about that. I talked with Ty a good bit through the process, and he was anxious. And I'm going to tell you, this is you, – you'll – People that have been in the education system, especially the athletic side of high school sports, understand football coaches. Yeah, they, they do. They're a different kind of breed. They're not like the rest of the coaches. They and you got to treat them differently. And you, you do know have to I mean? treat them a little differently. They make, that, that, that sport makes money. Ty <clears throat> is unlike any high school football coach I've ever been around. He just oozes confidence. He uh, he doesn't pull punches, but he's also very very gentleman like. He's 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 very outspoken, and you know he's he's calling me. He's like, man. He t- I talked to him two or three times during the interview process, and he said, "Man, what are you hearing?" And I'm just like, "Dude, I I, I don't know, but man, I, he said I, I I love I'd love for it to be you, you know." And yeah. And he he said every time he said, "Man, I did all this." He said, "I I said, he said I could not have put a better foot forward than I have." And so I, you know, I texted him, you know, when he got it, congrats and all that. And I just said, "Ty, man, it's you know, Tupelo's a different animal. It's a different community like than you've been in. Obviously, a hometown boy in Houston, uh, but your personality is going to kill it here." It's absolutely going to kill it. I think he's going to kill it. I think he's a little different than what Tupelo's had in the past. They made a little bit of a different hire. Yeah. And and I think that's, shout out to Art Dobbs for 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 stepping well, out of the comfort zone. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited for Ty. And it's hard to leave home. You sure. Know what I mean, because um, you know the old, I'm about to sneeze here, but the old thing. Bless you. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, the thing about when you leave home, sometimes in a lot of sports, you can in basketball, you can go home eventually. Like if you leave home early. You can always return home. I've always been told it's hard to be a hero at home. Well, the th- but that's about to say when you leave home in football, there's not enough years to go back. That's you that's know what right. I mean. You know what I mean. Like well, because when you leave home, it's always for a better job. Yeah, and you know basketball. Like what we talk about. Like for instance, like Vanderbilt. Chris, yeah, he, he left. He left South Pontotoc, go Satillo, and then he got him to Pontotoc, and he, he went to Tupelo as an assistant. And now he's back at South. Yeah, but there was like a decade or more between that, and he started at South. That's right. And he did a good job when he left. And he when he left South, he left for better jobs and now he's back home you know what i mean and the thing about football is when you go somewhere if you don't succeed you're viewed as almost like tainted goods basketball yeah. you can go to the next job yeah. kind of you know you know what i mean rehab but sure but that that i think ty's going to be successful i'm not saying that but i know it's a and he would acknowledge this it's tough to leave home sure you know and go to a job like tupelo i've done it twice so my question to you is and you'll know more about the history of this than me <clears throat> Name the last Tupelo football coach to be ultimately successful and stick around for a while. Now you know you know what I mean, like because I tried to do it in my brain, and there's okay, but that that was a long time ago, right? I mean that was that was Kirk when Kirk was in high school, right? Thirty years. Okay, okay. See, I was trying to go back, and as far as I could get was. Johnny Hill. Before. I mean, and Johnny was successful, <clears throat> but it was it wasn't it wasn't p- ultimate success. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, you know, what I mean, like you know, 
at the end of the day, he's still left for the Oxford job. And, and Booty you know? was an older guy, too. I mean, he became the athletic director. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, Tupelo is that one you stay at. And what I mean by that is recently people have left for other jobs. Sure. I mean, like, for instance, Coach Hammond left. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, Johnny left to go to Oxford. Yeah. Uh, and other people have left. Like the guy who was from out of state, he was here for a year. Uh, Collins. Yeah. Right? He, you know, he went somewhere else. You know, it's just it, – it, whereas we all from this area view it as the end-all job, I wonder if it's actually the end-all job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because I'm just curious. That. What, well, do, you, what it, do you think it, about that as a historian? That's a, that's a really interesting question because – Phil Ferguson was a great coach at Bruce. Yeah. And then he got here and he – I mean, that well, feels a good guy, but he just let – me, Let me say this. The Tupelo football job is a great job. It's an amazing job. It's, it's a prestigious job. But it's also a very, very difficult job. Very and difficult. I'll give you this example. Chris Chambliss at West Point probably has the best football job in the state of Mississippi. And the Absolutely. reason for that is because West Point is football. Tupelo's good at baseball. Tupelo's good at basketball. Tupelo's good at soccer. Tupelo's good at swimming. Tupelo's good at golf. Everything. And there's so many stu- – there's more students here than anywhere. So, like, you're, you're – it is not easy to be great at football in Tupelo. So, when you do, it needs to be celebrated. Right, because okay. Because, the, the, I mean – Tupelo shares athletes. I mean, it's it's a common misperception, but but you think that only small schools share athletes, but Tupelo shares athletes, and, and you know West Point is not sharing athletes. South Panola is not sharing athletes. Starkville, for the most part, is not sharing athletes. So the point is, is like you know your starting quarterback may be the starting third baseman on the baseball team. So like he's ultimately invested in everything. Here, here's a thought that you just said something that popped into my mind. Tupelo has the most kids. Yeah. It does. But it does not have the most athletes. I mean, people I don't think people understand that. Well, just because somebody's so right. Just because somebody is a swimming state champion. I'm not I'm not knocking that. They are they are good in a sport and they are athletic in their sport. Right. But that doesn't mean they're a good athlete. No. You know what, you know what I mean? I don't like, consider yeah. cross country runners athletes. I consider them good at but running. But that is an athletic skill. You know what I mean? Being it's, able it's, to run. Right. But, but 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 that's what I'm getting at. Like Tupelo wins a lot of the sports state championships, but the people right. win they're they're not winning the athletic sports. You know what I mean? And, and I'm going to tell you why I think that's a thing. Because if you grow up in, let's say, Houston, for example, piano lessons and sing lessons may not be available. If you want to grow up here and be a singer, you can. Yeah. If you want to grow up here and be really good at tennis, there's avenues to do that. But there's just a lot more. And this is not a knock on Tupelo because I love it here. I was born and raised here, still here. Tupelo is a place where opportunity is endless if you're a kid. It's just enough small town for people to know you, but it's just big enough for you to do whatever you want to do in life as a hobby, as an activity, as a sport. And, you know, like I grew up and I played everything because it was available to me. But, like, let's say I went to Shannon schools, I probably would have never played soccer, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, like probably would have been, I mean, Probably would have been a little bit better baseball player. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, probably, probably I mean, you had more time to that's lift weights and be a, a and it's a so good football important player. for those like smaller schools to be good at the stuff that has always been a thing. Right. But the standard at Tupelo is we're here to be good at everything. Yeah, and it's always been that way. And I'm like, I've met people throughout my life, and of course, everybody's more mature now. That's my age. But like growing up, it's not easy going to Mississippi State, and you talk to a guy from, you know, where New Albany. 
And then, you know, they're, oh, do you play soccer at Tupelo? And they're like, yeah, well, I don't even, whatever. And you're like, well, dude, I, you know, like, I'm proud of it. Like, I mean, we were good. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, 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 Tupelo is a standard bear for, for a lot of stuff. I mean, it's the reason why anybody in Northeast Mississippi has a soccer team because Tupelo first had, they had one. It first, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's why people it, are having turf fields. It, exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's you know, precisely you know saying, right, yeah. man. So, I mean, but to speak to Ty, man, he, he is going to do a fantastic job and he is going to, he is going to capture the heart of this city, and he knows how to do it better than anybody. I'm, I'm going to put him on the spot because Ty likes pressure. You know what yes. I mean? He doesn't, let me phrase this. He doesn't back down from it. No. I think if there's somebody that can get Tupelo a gold football in the near future, it's Ty. I think kids at the school will want to play for him. Yeah. And I'll just be honest. I think kids that don't go to that school are going to want to come to Tupelo <laughs> and play for him. <laughs> and, and that's not by his doing. Tupelo recruits itself. I'm, I'm just being real. Yeah. Like, I mean, if there was a mass exodus from Pontotoc uh, when we were at Pontotoc. Dante like, Freeman, I, and, Dante and, Freeman, and, 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 and Darren and the, McKenzie, and the, and the lineman, the big white lineman. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I get it. Like, and people know Ty Jarvis Smithy. Yep, yep, team drivers. Yeah. People know Ty Coach Harden, and you know, and you know, he's he's well known. He's he's been around. He played at ICC. He's from Houston. Like. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I just feel like there, that, that could be a thing. You know, what I mean, and see, Tupelo, this is, this is why I'm really, really just excited and and proud for 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 Ty and, and Coach Dobbs and the administration making that hire because you know Tupelo is the type of place that can attract a really, really yeah. big name. I mean, Rocky Felker has interviewed for this job before mm-hmm. when it's been open. Rocky Felker coaching the SEC, yeah. yep. and you got a guy from Little Old Houston. That played at ICC. Used to hang up. Old Mayhew Townhouse's stand-up Starville. That's that's an up-and-comer, and he's going to crush it, man. What what what? I, oh, I, before we move on, I want to say this to Coach uh, to Coach Dobbs or Mister or Mister Art. Art's his name, yeah. right? Um, shout out to him for not hiring the big name. Shout out to him for hiring the right name. He, well said. he hired the right name. Well uh, said. He, he didn't go with the one that's going to be the biggest headline. Sure. He went with the one that everybody reads the headline and go, "Damn good hire." Oh yeah, that's a good hire. People in Houston right now are going, "Hate to lose him. Good hire." Yeah, I mean, that, y'all so, killed it. Yep, good job. Best of luck to you. You know, absolutely. And 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 I'm, I'm excited to be on the same coaching staff as Ty Harden. That's I'm so excited cool. for him to call in on Friday nights to fish out. Oh to my the football gosh! Show. Scoreboard show. Oh my gosh! I, I can't wait for the new bus rides back and they win and you know it He'll was H Town, you know, but Ty'll have something. He'll have something. He'll have something. He'll have something. Well, before we wrap up, you know, we didn't talk much about the quarantine and the pandemic because no. you know we've moved on from that. Uh, but you know things are kind of opening up. Sure. And I just kind of want to know, you got any plans this weekend? Uh, yes. What's Friday that? night, uh, me and Coach Fawcett are playing. Uh, not, we're not playing anything. We're getting uh, fifty pounds of crawfish for our senior boys to okay. honor them. So That's we're awesome. gonna have them either at my house or his house or somewhere, and we eat crawfish and get to cut up with those guys, and it'll be a good time. Speaking of that, Johannes come back to the United States. I did. Is it in Wamba? Yeah. They're going to be the best team in the state. They ain't the best <laughs> team in the country in junior college. He's going to be a pro somewhere. I'm so mad at him. I could kill him. He him and David. He should have been playing professionally. Him and – no. no. Well, that for they one. They could have stayed next year Him playing. and David could have been playing for us this year, and I'd be I'd be glistening a rock off your forehead right now. Not to take away from our guys. Super yeah. proud of them. celebrating Friday but night. Yeah. But he would have added to what we had. Yeah. But, no, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be back. But I'm doing that yeah. Friday night. Uh, I'm playing golf with our good friend that put us off on the old radio show, Chad Clardy. 
Yeah. Uh, Saturday morning like at Shallow Jet, Ridge. Uh, nice I never place. played. I heard it's an amazing course. Pretty, pretty, it's, I think it's the one that's got the the, the tee box. It's like 1,000 feet above the – Yes. The, that, know, I, I, I asked him about that. I said, I'm excited to see it. And he's like, well, he's like, you any good? I said, no, but I'm getting better. And I said, I need to tell you a list of things I don't like. Bring an extra sleeve of balls. I don't like old men that are members. I don't like groups of five that don't let you play through. And I don't like people watching me shoot. He said, we'll be fine. I know the owner. <laughs> I said, all right, cool. So you got golf. So I'm in. We're awesome. going to play at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. And then uh, Sunday, I'm hopeful. I hope I can get up with all the Jensen gang and, and play one more time and do crawfish. Because I think crawfish season's almost over. It almost, yeah, it's almost over. And I'm a crawfish guy. You, sir. So I'm working. And then Friday when I get off work, um, getting in my vehicle. And I'm not going to mention where I'm going because the person I'm going with might be listening to this. And it might be a little bit of a surprise. Hey. But I'm going out of town. And I have rented a, like, a really cool Airbnb. Good for and you, And I'll man. tell you off the air exactly what it is, but it's not your typical home. I'm ready to be off the air. It's on, it's a, it, it, is, <laughs> it is located, what to say, it's, it's on a farm. It's going to be really cool. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go out of town and uh, get there early in the morning and then get up Saturday and go see some sites. And I've made a reservation at a good restaurant that's open to 50% occupancy. Yeah. So I'm going to go eat there and then get up uh, early on Sunday and come back and get ready to do it all over again. Proud of you. It's going to be fun. i got to ask you real quick. Because you are kind of my music plug for new music. Uh, and now, of course, you can take my take on it, too. Uh, anything popping out to you new? Because I know you're you're just a uh, – well, a, a, I'm a sneakerhead. You're a music head. Well, since you say so that. you're so good at it. Um, I'll kind of tell you some, some things that I've been, I've been kind of digging on lately, I guess. Um, I have been really big into going back and listening to old Tenacious D. And I know, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. I've been listening to old Tenacious D. Um, but – which I'm trying to think of here. Okay, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff of yeah. Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Uh, he has a new album that just came out, and his old stuff with Nathaniel Rateliff is real soulful and rocking. And you know, I mean, now this is real stripped down, and it's a real good album. So he's got a new he's got a new album out that that I've really been enjoying. Andy Frasco, of course, he's got a new album out. Um, but I've really been I've really been digging, and I've been going back to my what I'll do on Spotify, and this will be fun to you. So this is what I'm gonna tell you to do: type in a year. Type in 1988. Yes. And the first thing that's going to pop up is going to say 1988 Billboard Top 100. Yes. Clip that. I have been doing that kind of it stuff. It is so fun. So, like, the other day I went 87, 88, 89, and 90. And so anyway. I got to tell you this. So, the girls that, that my, my nurses that I'm teaching how mm-hmm. to drive, most of them are around my age. So, they get kind of, they, they kind of dig the same music that I do. But they're kind of into more, like, pop right. stuff now, too, because they're girls. Yeah. But or women, but anyway, every now and then, Oxford doesn't have a great radio station scene. Like another, there's like three or four stations that we pick up while yeah. we're driving, and we'll go to like you know like Holly Springs up to Memphis, and you just don't pick up a lot or like to Tupelo, you know. Anyway, but we we've, we've been putting it on stations that play like early '90s, late '80s stuff. Right. So what we do now, when a song comes on and like we all kind of know what it is, I'll immediately say a year, and I'll be like. 1989, and I've gotten them to where they'll go, no, 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 1987. So that I'll shazam it, and we'll all take a guess. But we've kind of been doing the same thing. But I've, uh, as far as music concerned, I've got to give a major like shout out to three guys who are just not just chilling and doing whatever they want to during quarantine. Riley Green, Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs. They're doing their thing. Luke Combs came up with a song, and I want you to listen to it. It's called Six Feet Apart. He wrote it in like an hour. It's good stuff. And it's about the, you know, but it's it's an amazing song. Morgan Wallen, uh, he's at home. Doing a lot of fishing. And, and he's doing a lot of fishing. 
and he uh, he wrote more than my home uh, more than my hometown, and it's just it's a great song because it's about. I guess he was he hasn't spent a lot of time at home in the last right. couple of years, so he's like, I'm gonna write a song about my hometown, and it's great. And then Riley Green uh, did an acoustic session called Valley Road, and uh, it's got a song called Better Than Me, and it's right. about the same. But it's all three of those guys have just just crushed it. I've downloaded all three songs. So. Well, I'll tell you an album that people need to listen to. They need to listen to the new Marcus King album, El Dorado. Okay, it's really good. Uh, he's a, he's in along that jam band line, but he's not a jammer. Like he just yeah. he just plays those festivals. But and I got a TV show for you, Brian. I really want, I've got a TV show for you. I don't know how a TV show for our listeners. So I got to tell you a quick story before we wrap up. I've got close friends that are really into Little Dicky. Mm-hmm. And before I say all that, there is a hip hop genre song. You you will appreciate this because I know I'm a little bit more of a hip hop guy. But um, every summer there's always that one hip hop right. song. This summer, I want to claim this before anybody else does. It's the baby and Roddy Rich, uh, rock star. Okay, I know it's about a, this. It's, it's yeah. a great song. It's 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 just that summer yeah. popping vibe. It's, it's just, uptown funk of this year. But yeah, but it's it's that song. But anyway, I've got real close friends that are that are Little Dicky fans and have been for quite some time. And he just came out with his own TV show called Dave on right. FX. And I've never, I mean, he's he's talented. He's very talented. But I've never really just gotten into him. Uh, but I watched the ten episode series the first season and it's the hardest i've laughed since the Chappelle show okay i'm gonna take you up on that now i say that to tell you if you okay so kate hogger and i've been playing some golf lately amory's baseball coach good friend and he's been telling me some shows to watch and i've been telling him some shows to watch i said you gotta get on dave and dave is raunchy right i'm just gonna tell you it's it's if you have a wife or a girlfriend that you're serious about but you don't know how they'll feel about something you watching this watch it alone she ain't wrong she she so Cade sent me a text he's like hey dude episode three i don't know why you think my wife would like this and i was like don't tell me you watched that with your wife he's like thankfully no he said for what it's worth though i did die last funny (laughs) but you gotta watch it 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 is amazing all right i'm in on that it's hilarious i'm down the only things i've watched since uh, i've watched two episodes of the last dance Idiocracy, Walk Hard, and Ghostbusters 2. That's the only <laughs> things I've watched. So, And an episode of Friends. I heard about your little, little, you uh, had a little changing of heart, didn't you? I, well, I'll just say, Kinda? it's not necessarily a change of heart. I was, I was asked to watch it in a different setting. Well, I've never watched it. I just. Uh, it, it's okay. I, I've only watched one episode, and it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. But I've heard it gets better. Okay. Just don't. It's not the Big Bang Theory. You know what so I started about two weeks ago? Great show. Cheers. Oh, it's great. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I've ne- I'd never watched. I mean, you, it was on when I was a Woody kid, Harrelson but I didn't like great. it as a kid. He's so Woody Harrelson is so great. Dude, and the so coach, good. coach is so good in that too. Whatever his name, the old guy's. Coach. Oh yeah. Uh, well, there's. He's dead. But. Yeah, yeah. I can't take his name. But anyway, you know what I'm talking but, about? Yeah. No, it's 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 a good little show, man. And of course, I'm always going to tout West Wing, and yeah, that's my show. The Office. I love The Office. I'm going to check out Dave. Check it out, man. I'm going to do that before we sure. All right, we'll wrap us up, brother. Folks, uh, we appreciate you listening. As always, uh, hang in there. You know, we don't normally get a chance to say that on the podcast, but hang in there. You know, it's it's getting better. Things are getting better. You know, and at, you know, we we've Brian and I get emotional at times. When we get to talking about the area, and we get to talking about the country and the state of things. But uh, we like we love a lot of people here. We do you know love I mean? a lot of we people do. here. We love our country. We love our area. We love the people in it. Uh, we're proud of you. Uh, we're here with you. We're here for you. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, we're here to continue to do this as long as Brian will allow me to let him come over. 
and yeah, eat my snacks. Yeah, for sure, all the time. <laughs> but you can find us on Twitter at The Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. Uh, and we will be linked to Spotify, Stitcher, and Fireside. And You'll I'll get, get this out for you yeah. in a couple I'll get, days. I'll get it out before I leave. Sure. I will. I'll do that for sure. Good. I, I need to walk the pups and have something to take a long walk with. But, folks, thank you again so much for listening. Wash your hands. Don't watch the news. And stay classy, Tupelo. Mm-hmm.